into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey... Hey, that's right. Work hard. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Preachers of Detroit After Show. We want to thank you for tuning in. First off, I want to say that uh, make sure that you follow us, uh, go online, and you can find our presence at youtube.com backslash AfterBuzzTV. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube and SoundCloud. Uh, make sure you do that. And if you want to live tweet during our show, you can do that at hashtag ABTV. PLD for Preachers of Detroit. Again, my name is Lem Gonzalez, uh, and you can find me at The Poet Saint, and that's on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And next to me is my amazing co-host, Mr. Gary Thomas. Gary Thomas, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Gary Thomas. Yes. So I'm ex- so excited because um, we've done this show for Preachers of LA, and now this is the spinoff Preachers of Detroit that we were promised, and I'm so glad. And I will say that it definitely delivered. Um, I just want to get into this cast. This is an interesting cast. Indeed. Um, I will say that I was very, how can I say, kind of blown away because they didn't really, they did a good job by not giving us too much in kind of the previews that I've seen. Um, I didn't really see an extended trailer or anything about the show. So um, I just want to go into David Bullock. Let's, <laughs> Pastor David, please, yo. <laughs> So the man is off the hook. Like, so he pastors St. Matthew's Baptist Church. Um, and his opening scene is he's smoking cigars with his like brother and like associate minister. And I mean, if that's what he does, that's what he does. But I thought it was interesting to lead in to that because, um, you know, in the Christian world or what have you, that's kind of a taboo thing to do amongst ministers or amongst pastors, people in leadership. I don't know, Gary, what do you think about that? I really didn't think much of it. Yeah. Honestly, I, I thought that was an amazing way to kick off the show because yeah. it showed the realness of uh-huh. the, the rawness of sure. pastors in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's give them a shocker, a yeah. mind blower. Right. Let's kick off the show right here. And it already just it shoots off from there. Right. Well, I think also, I think it very much attributed to him kind of being what his role is going to be in, in this season. Yes. Because he's very much the rebel. Um, he definitely speaks his mind. Uh, and I was mentioning to you earlier, he's kind of like uh, what Dietrich was in Preachers of LA. Yes. He's kind of like his very, uh, he doesn't, you know, hold any punches, doesn't pull any punches. So um, he also said something interesting that if Jesus, <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and continue with that. He said, if Jesus were, were, today, were in America today or something along those lines, that right. his name would be David Bullock. And right. I, I, I thought that was so bold. Right. He said, I, I, I think I quoted it right. He said, if Jesus was in America and he was black, he would be David Bullock. And first of all, that in <laughs> itself, you're comparing yourself to Jesus. And I understand the scripture says that we are to to be like Jesus. We're supposed to be like him. But to say that if Jesus was here, that's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I really, Pastor David Bullock? I really don't. I don't know. See, my thing is with 
this particular pastor, Pastor Bullock, is I think that he has amazing ideals. Mm-hmm. It is an ego thing. It's a spirit of ego there. Right. So it comes off the wrong way at times. Right. It comes off abrasive. It comes off as if he thinks he's better or above people. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if you really get to the root of what he says, he says some very powerful things. So the ego is what is going to lead his mm-hmm. character throughout everything. And that's what everybody's going to associate him with. Right. Absolutely. He also said something very interesting as well, which, again, I feel is another taboo thing in the Christian world, where he was talking about intimacy. And it, he kind of alluded. He didn't say it quite out, 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 outlandishly, but he kind of said that intimacy without marriage is kind of okay. Um, that's what I got from it. Um, which again is something that I think fits his, what he's trying to do. He's trying to say, like, this is me. You take me as I am. And that's how it's going to be. I'm not going to fit the mold. I don't necessarily think he was saying it was okay. Okay. I don't, I, I think that he was saying that I'm going to be real. I'm okay. going to, I'm going to live in the reality of today. Mm-hmm. And that is a reality of today. That's, and it's probably a reality of the people that he ministers that he to. Sure. So he has to be able to, to, be relatable to them and, right. and really and he's a he's so much into the heart of Detroit and mm-hmm. what is what is the issues are there mm-hmm. that he's he's in the middle of it. He wants to stay in the middle of it and stay real and stay honest of what's going on. Right. Okay. I'll take that. I, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> um, moving on to uh, one of the other pastors that's going to be on the cast, Pastor Don Shelby. Uh, he pastors Burning Bush, Burning Bush Ministries. Uh, his wife is uh, Benita Shelby, and he has five kids, which the is Shelby the five. Shelby Five, uh, <laughs> kind of reminiscent of the Jackson Five. Uh, and I thought that was interesting that he was kind of directing them as they were singing, um, you know, or kind of telling them, right, right. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but yes, uh, there was a little struggle there, but you know, that's his, that's his kids, you know, and he's kind of molding them. Um, and so I thought it was interesting. What did you think of Pastor Shelby and kind of what he portrayed himself to be? First of all, Pastor Shelby's is in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Okay. That is 30 minutes outside of Detroit. So he's, you're not, you're in a small town. Okay. So a he, small town close to, right next to Ann Arbor. Okay. Which is right next to University of Michigan, a very prominent city. Okay. You're nowhere near Detroit or the real issues of Detroit. Now, a lot of people who are from Ypsilanti must say they're from Detroit to make things easier, but sure. you're not really there in, in the heart of things. You're 30 minutes away right. of, from the real city itself. Right. So that's like saying you're from LA, but you're really from Ranch Cucamonga. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I just wanted to get it. Got it. For those people that are on the West Coast. Got it. Okay. So he's kind of, he's not really saying what he, where he, I mean, he's preaches Detroit. Obviously, all of these people are in Michigan and they're very close to Detroit. Yeah. Their churches are in Detroit. But, and we'll get into this in a second, but David Bullock, Pastor Bullock, he kind of called some of them out about that. Because when he was, uh, they were having their powwow, which we'll get into in a minute, he was saying, how many of you actually are in Detroit? And it was only him uh, and uh, Bishop Vaughn yes. were the only two. The rest of them were on the outskirts, suburbs, whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, I think you can look at that one of two ways. You can look at it as, okay, he's he's prosperous. He wants to live in a nice area. And so this is where he lives. But obviously, he's from Detroit or what have you. Or you can look at it as probably what Pastor Bullock would look at it as is you're kind of escaping uh, the dangers or where you're the city that you're really Really trying to minister him. instead of being in that city you're kind of trying to uh you know give a a, a resonance that mm, this is what they are and this is where i am and you're kind of separating yourself well i, I see it as that and but you can't negate them for wanting to have a better life for their kids and sure. their family however ypsilanti is not near detroit <laughs> however bloomfield and I, I think bloomfield was where one of the other pastors lived right. that's yeah. a suburb of detroit right very close okay ypsilanti is almost 
so far right. removed. Rancho so, Cucamonga. So, yeah, it's like Rancho Cucamonga is really removed <laughs> yeah, from right, LA. Right. So you don't really think about that place. Sure. However, you would think about, you know, the Burbanks and you'll think about, you know, the North Hollywoods right. because those are still in LA. Those are still, you gotcha. know, Santa Monica, those are still in LA. Sure. But nice, nice neighborhoods to right. live in LA. Sure. So I think that being on a, a little bit on Oscars, there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. But some about something about their work being in the city is really not not there. Not there. Okay. Um, the next person is Bishop Corletta Vaughn, who is uh, for she's a pastor of Holy Ghost Cathedral. She is the, as she stated, she's the first black female bishop in Detroit. And I thought it was interesting to have her on the cast because um, I figured because some of these pastors, especially those that were part of which they did get into in discussion, Church God in Christ, I know that they very much frown upon um, women in as bishops. Uh, it's That's not something that's allowed in the denomination of Church God in Christ. And so I, I knew that it would be instant, if you want to say drama or instant, you know, yes. friction among some of the other pastors. Um, I thought she had some interesting things that she said. Um, first of all, she's married um, to uh, a gentleman by the name of Gilbert Vaughn, but she also said that if it came down to it, she didn't know if she would choose her ministry over her marriage. She didn't know which one, if she had to choose one of the two. And I thought that was an interesting statement because typically um, it kind of go hands, it, you know, it goes hand in hand. But with her, she feels like if it came down to it, I don't know if I wanted to be married, if I wanted to continue by my, uh, my leadership in my ministry. What do you think about that statement? First of all, I think that Kojic, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be bold in saying this, Kojic is misinterpreting the word at times. Okay. So I think that battle right there was already a fire starter because they, they're they so so engraved in the rituals and the rules of the religion mm-hmm. that they're not really interpreting what God's word is. Okay. So that's a little different. Okay. But when it comes down to choosing, I think that was an interesting point of view because a lot of people are scared to walk in their purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and the risk that it takes to walk in your purpose. And she's saying, I'm not sure right now. You know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a battle of a decision whether I should walk in my purpose or be with the man I love. Right. Because which one is, is where she's, where's God going to be? Right. And she wants God there all the time. Sure. So I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. I think it's, it's a, it's a, it was actually more of a stronger statement for her to say that as a woman, to say, as a woman. to say, especially as a bishop, sure. would I choose this man or right. that man. Right. So I thought it was, you know, an interesting battle for a lot of people and people mm-hmm. can, you know, interpret her however she wants. Right. However they want us to say, but right. just cause it's her husband doesn't mean sure. that's the person she walks in her purpose with. Sure. Okay. Um, I do know. And, and for myself, um, just to piggyback off of that, I know that I grew up in a, uh, Pentecostal church, it wasn't Kojic, but it was a Pentecostal Very church. Oriented. <laughs> Very much so. And I do know that, the pastor of that church, he did not feel that women should be bishops. That was something that he said openly. So I just wanted to kind of get, you know, what the, uh, uh, the interpretation is. I will say, though, that she did say 1,500 churches call her bishop. So I think that's a very powerful statement that she's, you know, a leader of 1,500 churches. So these are all pastors, and not all these pastors are women. A lot of these, probably the majority of the pastors are men. So for her, them to, you know, consider her a leader, that's a, a big statement because she obviously, uh, you know, for in, in their eyes is where she needs to be. And she's accepted her calling as bishop. I say like this, when you, for example, when you're reading Ephesians and it talks about the body of Christ and the mm-hmm. joints, it, it does not say mm-hmm. the apostle, the teacher, the pastor, the right. evangelist are men. Right. It doesn't say that. It mm-hmm. says there are joints in the body. Sure. So why does it have to be man or woman? Right. And then, so for statements such as from Dorinda in that, in that conversation that mm-hmm. I believe men can lead better. Right. Well... <laughs> 
I guess Esther didn't lead. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Esther wasn't a leader. Right. So I just thought it was a very interesting conversation mm-hmm. that they're almost frowning upon her right. in, in this room because she's a woman, but she's, she's a bishop. Right. Like, that, is that her calling? Right. Like, how is that the word of God? Because you're, you're frowning upon her. Right. I didn't understand that whole conversation at all. Well, I think it just goes to show overall, and I'm sure this will come up a lot of times in this season, that these are very, you know, these people that are, they're part of different denominations. I think in what we saw in Preachers of LA, uh, they kind of sound like a lot of them, with the exception of one of the pastors who was Kojic. And he did, you know, speak his mind about, you know, how he believed about what women in their place and things of that in the ministry, but the other ones were kind of non-denominational. So the issues of denomination didn't really come up as much. With this, they're very strong in their denominations. Yes. Um, you know, from the fact of, you know, how they believe, their churches, I mean, just the way they introduce them, you could tell that it's going to be a battle of, you know, uh, it's going to be a battle, basically, between them when it comes to that, which... You know, I hope that it all comes out because, again, these are all pastors that are pastoring congregations, you know, and it should be about the congregations. But we'll see that some of them, maybe it's not. No. We'll see. Um, Dorinda Clark Cole. Um, I love that she's on the show. Um, I'm a super big fan of the Clark sisters. Um, I grew up listening to them. Um, all of them are amazing. Yeah. Um, so I was glad to see that she was on the show. She actually is an evangelist in the Church of God in Christ. Um, like I said before, she's one of the Clark sisters. Um, and she's married and she, her daughter is her personal assistant, which is interesting. Um, also we have Bishop Clarence Langston. Um, and he's the one that's the bishop elect. Uh, and he's the one that had Big Feud, which we'll talk about in a second, with, with Bullock. They with our were, favorite. Oh, man. Man, this is going to be an ongoing thing, I see. Um, and uh, his wife is Robert Langs- Robin Langston. They have three kids. And he was talking a little bit about his testimony of that when he was younger, he used to sell drugs with his dad, which is crazy. You know, so um, we can see that he has that kind of history and he kind of came out of that. And, of course, now he's uh, a minister of the gospel. Uh, and then lastly, as far as all of the pastors that we'll see in the cast, is Pather, Pastor Timothy Alden. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Pastor Timothy Alden, those of you that watched The Preachers of L.A., uh, which I'm sure a lot of you that watch that are watching the show as well, he was on that show. Um, and he was brought in because, and even said that he did move to LA for a brief time. Yes. So while he was living in LA, he ended up being part of, uh, he guest appearance on the show and, uh, he was talking about, you know, him being a virgin because. For 50 years. Yeah, right, right. Um, he has never, never touched a woman. He's never kissed a woman. So, I mean, this dude is like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like, yeah. It's crazy. Um, and in Preachers of L.A., kind of going back to that show, he had talked about that and he actually gave uh, kind of an abstinence type talk um, to some of the uh, young people at one of the churches there uh, of the pastors that was on the show. So it sounds like he's, you know, he's, he's talking about that. He he's passionate about the abstinence movement. Um, he was adopted by his pastor. Uh, he says that he's, you know, he's. He's this white guy, but he really, you know, connects more with the African-American community. Um, and that's where he's at. So um, what did you think about him just as a as a person? I thought it was sometimes a little bit hard to believe his story. Because mm-hmm. um, if we want to talk about the stereotypes of culture, a white man with this, so to speak, black swag, mm-hmm. you know, right. that's a... Thing a lot of women go after. Mm -hmm. So you've never even kissed a woman, or Mm -hmm. and you never had sex, and you're 50 years old. It was a little bit hard for me to believe, and I think that, and I think he's, I think he's in his 40s. I don't think he's quite 50 yet. I think he's in his 40s, somewhere still still a long time, right? Right. So and and he makes the this absence thing the complete drive of his ministry, right? There's so many 
other things to touch on. Sure, sure. And how do you expect to make change in Detroit of all places? Right. And you only preach abstinence. Right. I didn't even think that was a real part of the conversation in the power. I didn't even think it should have been brought up. Like, <laughs> oh, you, you really shouldn't up. even brought this up. Right. Because it has nothing to do with the poverty or, or the changes in the city that mm-hmm. they want to do. Right. You know, that didn't make any sense. So, Tim Alden, a little sketchy in my book yeah. right now. So do, not, do you think he's not, like, do you think what he's saying is not believable? Do you think he's kind of stretching it to kind of to push his agenda? Or do you think he's really... He he really is. I mean, he's obviously passionate about it. We're we're not denying that. I don't think. But do you think that he's there's truth to what he's saying? Oh, sure. I don't want to. I don't want to discredit the man. I don't want to say I don't believe him. Uh But But I definitely think that he is making it a coin off of driving that. Okay, Okay. that's his story. That's his storyline, right there. Right, right. He wants to be that. That's going to make him big. Like right. that's going to that that's makes him interesting thing. to people. That that's makes him thing. interesting to viewers. Sure, sure. And that's exactly what he was on Preacher of LA. He he was preaching that too. He was on there, and that was literally everything he was saying. Every other word was "I'm a virgin." Every other, "I'm a virgin." I never kissed a woman. Well, well good for you. God bless your story. <laughs> right. But no so, one really cares. I mean, that's his thing. So um, anyway, let's get into the powwow because um, we we've kind of touched on that. All the pastors kind of got together, and this is where we kind of. I think it gave us as viewers a chance to kind of see where everyone was going to be coming from, you know, as the season goes on. Um, of course, David Bullock, <laughs> he definitely um, was against everything. I mean, he challenged everybody um, to the tune of, uh, and he really got on Langston, um, Bishop Langston, a lot, just because he was saying, basically, you're talking about reaching your community, but you don't even live in the community. You don't even know what the community is going through. And I can see some of his points. Um, I think that he made some great points. Um, Pastor Bullock did. I think it was just his delivery. It was very yes. off to, you know, a lot of what they were saying because it was like, you know, everyone has their ministry. I think God gave them their ministry for a purpose. Um, I think the fact that, you know, and he was harping on them for, you know, it's like, I'm in this great big house and, you know, I see you guys drove up your Bentley to get here. And it's like, okay, if God has blessed them with that, you know, and I, and I think it was Bishop, um, now. We are misinterpreting God's blessings right oh, now. Okay, so you're... Oh, wait. Okay, <laughs> wait go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, he does bless in abundance. Sure. However, don't misuse how what a blessing is. Because that is far beyond. If you're a congregation... like He, he made a very valid point when mm-hmm. he said... You know, made the comment about pastoring and prosperity. Right. He said, really, pastoring and pimping. Right. You know, Pastor, Pastor David was on fire. Now, I, I think that, like what we said, he, his approach is a little... Is a little bit off, and I Absolutely. think that's that's why they can't accept the challenge. And I don't think they've ever been challenged. Mm-hmm. You know, in the church, how often do you challenge your pastor? Well, no, it doesn't happen. It doesn't it's just happen, that never especially happened. not in, in in the churches that are predominantly black. Right? They take the word, they let it fill them up, and they utilize it mm-hmm. in from how he interpreted it. Mm-hmm. They don't interpret it for themselves. And say, right. Hey, pastor, wait a minute! I right. was reading it and read it like this. Sure. So the the fact that someone's coming there and challenging them, right. challenging the word right. on them, and challenging their lifestyle, oh, they weren't ready. Right. They weren't ready. And I will say I did miss one pastor who was obviously an integral part of this because this is the home that they were in, which is Bishop Charles Ellis. And he's the one that he's uh, he's a pastor, kind of a pastor. He's uh, Pentecostal Assemblies of the World is what he's over, yes. his organization. And he has a huge compound. I mean, he had it looked like a hospital, a church. I mean... Uh, daycare, zoo, upstairs, um, downstairs, there was a lot going on. Um, so, um, Pastor Charles Ellis, Bishop Ellis was one of the ones when he was talking, he was kind of directing a statement to basically saying about what I was just saying about that. And I think that, I mean, again, 
if you have a past, if you pastor a church of ten people and everyone is impoverished and you're driving in Bentley, yeah, I think there's there's an issue there. You know what I'm saying? Like, how is that happening? But at the same tone, I think that God can bless you with certain things. I think He wants you to live in prosperity. I think the one thing, and this is what I believe, my opinion, Pastor Bullock was saying is. Um, you can't lose sight of the ministry. You have to mm-hmm. minister to your people. It's not just about what you have and and saying that God can bless you. You have to go in and show them how God can bless them. Give them the tools to how they can yeah. get out of poverty. You know, and I think that's what he was saying. Just like uh, there was the scene when he was, you know, helping to feed the hungry. You know, and he had all those things there. It's like, are you doing that? Are you giving them the tools? Or are you just telling them that God can make a way and then going and driving in your driving off back in your home? Right. So I think that's what he was trying to say. But again, I think we can agree that it was kind of his tone and what he was doing. But because these were all pastors. You know, they're at, you know, they're peers. So I think he felt like, well, I'm a pastor too, so I'm going to tell you what I feel. Um, of course, no one likes to be challenged. I don't care if you're a pastor or not. You just don't want to be challenged in something that you feel is, you know, what you're supposed to be doing. So, I mean, that was kind of the conversation. Um, I think it was interesting that everybody kind of brought their agenda to the meeting. So Bishop Vaughn, she was saying, well, I want to address, you sexism. know, right, sexism. And in you the know, church. I agreed. Mm-hmm. I think that is an issue of Detroit. I think that was a, a, a very valid, mm-hmm. you know, point to bring across. Sexism is huge. It's a huge thing. And to see a powerful, you know, black woman step up into Detroit right. and be a bishop and lead the community, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. We don't see that often. And I think mm-hmm. they, they want her to kind of take a backseat. And, and I think that we should go back to an interesting statement you said. They're peers. Mm-hmm. They don't look at each other as peers, though. Well, sure. So we see them as peers. Sure. So that's why the part of the conversation got heated in mm-hmm. in that sense because they don't see each other as peers. Right. They don't respect, you know, Bishop Vaughn. Well, th- definitely Bishop Vaughn is not a peer of theirs. They feel that she's. Um, they feel that she's probably ordained by God to preach the gospel, have a congregation. But obviously, there were some of them. Um, one of them being Pastor or Bishop Langston, uh, who said, uh, or actually was, I'm sorry, Pastor Shelby, who said, yeah. "Yeah, I don't agree that there should be bishops, you know, and they're not allowed in the Church of God in Christ." That's and just how it is. And it, it, Dorinda is an evangelist, mm-hmm. so you know, pastors are not necessarily considering an evangelist on their level. Right. And then you know. Some pastors are megachurch pastors and right. some have smaller churches. Sure. You know, they are, that's already a competition sure. right there. Sure. So Eagle was everywhere oh, in this well, whole yeah. room. So I, mean, I don't yeah. think they, t- I don't think they see each other as equal. I don't yeah. think they well, see each other no, on a level playing field. I, I think you said it, you said a good point. I said, we see them. Yeah, we are parents. completely, we, we I was, I was here with you. Right. But I think that because they don't, right. that lack of respect on, for each person's role in the right. show. Right. That's why that conversation went left like that. Like really quickly. And and it was interesting too when Bullock and Langston got together when they had their kind of one-on-one, <laughs> which I don't know what he thought was going to come of that. But um, Langston was the one, uh, Bishop Langston was saying how we should, you know, he was kind of, you know, kind of challenging him. Like, you know, when you kind of came to and you were challenging everyone, I don't think that was appropriate. Yeah. I think your language or whatever, because they are our elders in a sense. That's what kind of the term he used. And we're kind of here. So, yes, he said, no, you shouldn't have been able to say those kind of things because you're not at that level. And, of course, Pastor Bullock is like, well, how dare you? Because I'm speaking the truth. And then he started giving statistics yeah. and things of that nature to kind of challenge facts. what he's saying. Facts are facts. Right. And then he just... <laughs> Bishop Langston was like, I'm going to pray for you. Like, <laughs> I'm that pray took for me you. out. That took me out. This is my, why would you just in the middle of saying that? I'm just, I'm just going to pray for you. That was just like the biggest church cop out right there. And he said, and then uh, Pastor Dave was just like, 
okay, I'm just gonna leave. Right. I'm just gonna leave. Like, how about how about, <laughs> how about I do this? How about I how do get up feel, and walk away? How do you away? feel about this? Well, I think that's just where Pastor Bullock is. It's like he and and again, I I don't know much about Detroit, but I'm sure that what we're seeing a lot of it stems from probably the culture. And when I say the tr- yes. culture, the church culture in Detroit, you know, um, whether it's, it has its division between denominations or whether there's you know whatever's going on. So I think this is. Uh, a, a good indicator of what goes on. So, Pastor Bullock, he sounds like he's kind of fed up with a lot of the things that go on in ministry. He feels that these pastors of these large churches, or or in general, are not doing their part to help the community. You know, um, when they have these things that go on. One of the thing, first things that happened when he went over to Bishop Ellis, he was like, "I want to do this event." And to reach the community, I want you to come and speak. That was that's where his you could see his heartbeat is. Um, and Bishop Ellis was like, okay, well, I want to have a powwow, you know. And so that was just, like, okay, I'm going to think about that, but then I'm going to have a powwow, so I want you to come to that. Come to my right. grand house about, and, and have talk this with other pastors. Do what I want you to do. First. Right. So, I mean, it, it is. It's, it seems like there's a tug of war with what's going on. There's a lot of uh, dissension in the ranks, as you can see. I think they're all... Um, God has called all of them. Yeah. I don't deny the call of any of them, but I think that it's going to be interesting to kind of see how they coexist with one another, you know, as the show develops, because they obviously have different viewpoints of different things. Um, um, it was, Shelby was also the one, and I, and I could see where, um, uh, Bishop Vaughn, you know, he said, women have a place in the ministry. And of course, she didn't take that well, um, because of how, you know, of course, the tone is like, oh, they have a place in the ministry. It was like she said yeah. that word. Right. Place. place. Right. Um, and then, like you said, it's interesting because Dorinda, uh, Clark Cole, who was also Kojic, she was co-signing. Yeah. She was basically saying, well, yeah, you know, and that's where kind of the statement came up. Is that where the statement came up? Women are better leaders yeah. or something like that? But, and when she said the statement, and, and I agreed, I, I read one of the tweeters, uh-huh. somebody was tweeting this. Okay. She had a certain level of disdain in her voice when she said it. Mm. It's almost as if she doesn't believe it oh, herself. Oh, okay. Like she's been made to say that. Or, yeah. Or that's kind of the culture. Yeah, so it's kind of a, it's a trained thing right. to do. To say. Trained thing to say. Right. And, Right. It really didn't like flow from her from her, her spirit where it was like positive. I was like, right. "Wow, do you believe do this? Do you believe that?" Well, I mean, and and that, that could be that could be you know an issue. That could be something that maybe she struggles with, you know. And maybe we'll see that develop, you know, as the show goes on. Um, I want to point out one of the other things that Bullock said, um, which I thought was really he's this guy's bold. He said, "Dr. King failed." And I said, wait, wait, time out, time out. I think like, everybody we're, was we're like. St- it's still Black History Month. Like, like it's, it's February. Like, <laughs> I know it's going to happen in February, but yo, son. Like, I mean, and I, and I, you know, he gave the points of what he was trying to say, but it was just like the way he said it. It's like, Docs King fail. And it's like, well, hold on. Hold on a second. Yes, there's strides that we have to make, you know, within the African-American community and with things that go on that we don't like and where we need to go. But to make a statement like that, like you lead in with that, of course, it's almost like shock value. I was speechless. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get the root of it. I, well, I mean, the, <laughs> I was, I just, it was just root. like, I don't know if there was any root there. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, yeah, you just you just talking now. You right. just talking. I think that. Why does he have such great things to say, but he follows it up with such with a some, stupid thing right. to say? Well, because he, he wears thing. he wears yellow jackets. I mean, <laughs> that's one thing. So, did you see how all of them were dressed up? <laughs> right. They really thought they were sharp. Oh, they of were, course. but see, that is a that is a trait of Detroit, right? 
Oh, the the, the clothing. That, and, oh, that, yeah. That. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, again, and that just shows you where different cities are with how they, you know, how they I are. I know. This is the difference the in the preachers of L.A. to preachers oh, yeah. of Detroit. <laughs> hugely different. It's hugely different. I mean, I think with Bullock, I think he's just, again, a type of person. He is very much um, shock value. You know, he's going to tell you something and he's going to expect a reaction out of you. And that's what I got from him in this first episode. Um, I think he is he's just very smart. He's intelligent, um, yes. but I think that he's that type of person. Even when you saw, um, it was kind of brief, but they were talking about, um, are you ever going to get married? You know, and he's like, well, <laughs> well, you know, it was the first date thing. It was yeah, when they were yeah. having the man talk with smoking cigars. And it was like, yo, it's like I keep having these first dates and it's the first and last date. So it's almost like, um, it's like I want to even buck against the fact that I have to be married because I'm a pastor. Because typically, pastors are usually married. You know, and if they're not married, they're either in between or whatever the case is. Um, but you don't find too many single pastors of his age. And so his thing, and he's never been married before. So it's like, well, I don't have to be married to minister, to be an effective minister. And I think that's one of the things, again, his traits. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm going to be out of the norm. I'm not going to say what you want me to say. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to be the man I am. And that's how God made me and take it or leave it. And that's the kind of stigma I think that he puts out there. I think that that's the shock. I think that's the value of the show. overall. It has a lot of downfalls, especially with the church and the community. But I think that is the human value. Mm -hmm. And I like that he's human. He's real. Oh, yeah. He's a person. He's not some pastor who's trying to be above the congregation no, and seem no, invisible. Like all. all he does is everything that's within the word. He doesn't do anything wrong. He doesn't live outside of the word. I think that's what shows that these people are human. Right. They, they cry. They laugh. They mess up just like the rest of us who are not called to minister. Sure. No, I mean, and, and that's what I think Preachers of L.A. showed as well. Um, they did show the human side of a lot of these pastors. Some pastors, they, you know, kind of with editing and with whatever they wanted, they kind of like, oh, only show this. Um, right. But I think even with this whole group of people, I don't think we'll get that. I think we will get down to the heart of it. I can see maybe someone like Bishop Ellis maybe not giving too much out, you know, no, just because no. of the way he kind of portrayed himself. and Not Bishop Ellis. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see that <laughs> He's happening. He's not going to get anything out of the perfection right. of the Shelby Five yeah. and this whole, yeah. uh, this whole facade right. that he's living yeah. in. Yeah, I think Bishop Ellis and Bishop or Pastor Shelby, I think they're not going to show. I mean, this is my opinion, just on what we've seen so far. Um, I think we will definitely get it out of Bullock. Um, and then, of course, I saw the previews, too. I think Dorinda is going to show some uh, some sides, start some human sides. Um, I think we'll get it out of Alden. Um, I think he just he has a story to tell, I mm-hmm. think. And that's why he's on this show, because I think he wants to share his story. Um, I think there's some things that, you know, from him being adopted as an adult, it seemed like he was in that picture. He was in that picture. Was like, and he's like, he was adopted. Like, he was a little kid. Right. And he's, like, super grown with a beard. I'm like, wait, what were you adopted? Like... How long ago? I missed some of that storyline. It just kind of like popped up. The picture was there and it was gone. It was like, wait. Like, huh? Like, but it was, that picture was funny. Because I was like, yo, son, adopted when? Like at 31? Like, when were you adopted? (laughs) Like, I don't know that that counts, but... Um, but I think there's more to his story, and I think that's why he's on the show. Because if you think about it, all of these are very, you know, well-established pastors, and then you have this guy. So I think he's on there because the, he there's something more with him. Um, I think there's going to be something more with this whole absence thing because he's so, you know, passionate about it and so, you know, adamant about putting that out there. And every other word is, I'm a virgin, I'm abstinent, I'm a virgin. You know, so... It's almost like somebody, every other word, say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Yeah. So I think there's going to be, there's something behind that, that we'll probably, I hope that, you know, the show gets into and dwells into. Um, is there anything else you think that we missed 
um, as part of this show. You know what? I think that only thing with Tim Alden, I think mm-hmm. that you're right about his storyline. Yeah. He said some things, some interesting comments about he could have been, you know, dead if he right. wasn't adopted. Right. Maybe there is something. I'll give him that chance. I'm yeah. gonna give him that chance, but I don't want to hear this abstinence thing too much more. <laughs> oh, I think you're gonna hear. It. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gonna be heard. So at this point, I think it's a good time to get into predictions. Let's do that. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. <laughs> All right. Gary, so um, predictions going into just just going into the next episode. What do you think we're going to continue as far as like storylines? What do you think is going to happen with any different of the cast members? What do you think is going to happen? Pastor Bullock, I'm I'm waiting to see if he finds a rib, if he finds a woman within this whole thing. I think okay. he's gonna I think he's gonna find some. I think somebody is gonna infiltrate this, and, it, okay. and it's gonna be an interesting storyline. I want to see and I hope that with Evangelist Dorinda mm-hmm. that some barriers are broken. Okay. I think they will be. I think okay. that there was so much power in that family. It's mm-hmm. a family of women. Sure. You mm-hmm. know, that something is gonna change. People are gonna see her differently. Mm-hmm. Some some barrier is gonna change within her her mindset. I don't have any predictions about Shelby because <laughs> I don't think there's gonna be any surprises. Okay. So you think that's gonna be what it is? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much my prediction so far. Okay. Uh, well Bishop Vaughn. Uh-huh. I don't know if I predict whether her husband is just gonna, never going to come back. Yeah, based on the previews. <laughs> yeah, based on the yeah. previews. When, and, you know, there's a little bit of gossip going on. You saw that um, in the previews that they were talking about they live in separate homes. Correct, correct. I think that this could, may be the end of them. Yeah. We're gonna, okay. we, I think we're going to come to the point where we have to see if she has to make the decision between her ministry and her interesting. man. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Well, um, I think uh, going forward, I think... I, well, in the previews, it did look like uh, Pastor Bullock was on a date. So, yeah. I, yeah. So it did kind of appear that way. But I will say, I don't think he's going to find anybody. <laughs> Why not? Like, I just don't. This man, no. I don't think he's going to find anybody. I think he's going to go on a date. I think he's going to continue. Um, I predict that he's going to continue to be that guy that everyone's going to basically kind of, you know, knock up against. He's going <laughs> to, he just has that presence. So I think he's going to continue in that vein. Um, I think we are going to see some, some barriers broken with, uh, Dorinda. Um, I think there's going to be some things with Corletta that are going to expose her. Um, and not in a, I mean, it's just going to basically bring, expose her life, you mm-hmm. know, what is going on behind Clint's door. Because as we can see, it looks like they really promoted the fact of her marriage. And, and it's going to be interesting to see if that has to do with, because she is a bishop and her husband is submissive to her in ministry, you know, interesting. So I don't know, but, um, I'm excited. I'm I excited am. about the show. Um, again, this has been the first episode of the Preachers of Detroit After Show. I've been your host, Lim Gonzalez. Again, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's at The Poet Saint. Uh, Gary, tell us again where they can find you. I am Gary Thomas. Instagram and Twitter. All right. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.